what's up everybody we are back well it's not we today it's just me kurt is a little busy so i have to run the pod solo today but that's all right we're gonna have some fun let's talk about baku i hope everybody enjoyed baku i really enjoyed it it was probably one of the best qualifiers we've had in a while between the q1 drama and then obviously what happened between checo charles lap cars are on the edge almost in the barrier so Let's just jump straight into it. So this is the fourth pole for Charles. Absolutely insane. You got to think about the last time anybody's won three in a row and hasn't won a race was Nico Rosberg back in 2015. So it kind of shows you how great Charles has been. Four poles in a row from what Miami, Spain, Monaco, and now Baku. And he still hasn't got a win. Whether that was his fault or not his fault, whole different conversation. Charles has been unbelievable this year. It's really interesting to see what the dynamic between Ferrari will be as we continue to move on through the year because anybody that's tuned into the show knows that me and Kurt have continually gone back and forth on Carlos's confidence and Charles' ability to put this car on the edge. So when we think about Carlos Sainz, the whole time you hear even Bonato, you hear everybody saying he just doesn't fully trust the car and he just can't get as much as Charles can get out of the car. And that's fair. To me, that just tells me that Charles is a better instinctual driver. I mean, he just feels the car better and Carlos is more technical. But at what point do we not take Carlos's, I guess, I don't want to call it an excuse, but his explanation as um, as suffice because you're, you're eight races in almost, right? So we need something from you guys. Like, it's just... It's just hard to watch Carlos Sainz get pretty much dominated by Charles Leclerc. I mean, he he started off Q3 great, was on provisional pole, and then boom, Charles pulls out this amazing lap. And shout out to Charles for that blistering lap. That lap was incredible. When you think about that lap, the car was on edge. He was half a second ahead of anybody before they did their last lap. And he ended up finishing point three above uh, Checo, who is sitting on the front row with him, obviously, as we just wrapped up, you heard that there was a th- problem with Red Bull's engine. So when you look at that, maybe Checo could have got pole. But regardless of that situation, Charles has looked incredible, while Carlos has looked like really met. So it brings a question to ask is, what is Ferrari doing with Charles and Carlos? Is the number two driver now kind of really set like before they said they're going to let them race it out but I don't even think you need to let them race it out I think it really is Charles Leclerc that is the number one driver so if this hasn't proven it I don't know what will but four poles in a row shout out to Charles I said at the beginning of the year that he would be dominant on poles he would have a lot of wins and you know what he's done nothing but prove that that point right he's been great and on the last pod with me and Kurt when we did our preview, I really stressed the fact that I want to see what Charles did. What did he respond with? Because, you know, he's had bad luck, like I said a little earlier. Regardless of the situation, is he going to respond with a championship-level performance? And so far this weekend, he has. His qualifying was unbelievable. Like, I can't mention it enough. Blistering lap. And he responded. So I'm really happy for Charles. And I think it's really cool to see how he really responded to, you know, adversity and he's continued to push through and he's shown why 
I believe, and probably the rest of the world believes, he is a legitimate championship driver when you put him in a, in a great car. But enough about Ferrari. We'll talk about Ferrari, I'm sure, tomorrow too, because uh, it should be an interesting race. I think with the dynamic of the Red Bulls, it's going to continue to get interesting because we've seen Checo beat Max, and he probably should have beat him in Barcelona too. But obviously, you know, Christian Horner favors Max, so he told Checo to let him pass, which, you know, that's bygones, let bygones be bygones. But ultimately, Checo is now gunning for Max's throat. He is on the throne with Max. He's threatening that throne because he just outqualified Max and he had an engine issue. So when we kind of dial it back, he was better than Max and his car wasn't even at full potential. So I I wish we could have seen Checo with his engine mode all the way up or turned all the way up, whatever it was, the engine issue we had fixed because it definitely slowed him down by a couple tenths. Now, on the flip side, that could have put him into a wall because we saw how he was riding on the edge the whole time. He was drifting. Incredible. Baku's a great circuit for qualifying. We'll see how the race is tomorrow, but incredible qualifying lap by Checo. Um, I kind of want to dive into Max. So when you think about Max Verstappen, he's the greatest young talent as of right now. The best young talent. Greatest is not the right word. The best young young talent. But I really think Charles is coming for his head. But regardless of the Charles versus Max dynamic, don't want to get into that. I really want to talk about Max's performance lately. Typically, when you think of Max Verstappen, you think of a guy that is uber talented and has the best qualifying laps. That's what we saw from all last year. I think he's an equal machinery to the Ferrari. I really think Red Bull and Ferrari are kind of side-by-side side in terms of performance. So don't want to harp on, you know, is Ferrari's car better than the Red Bull, blah, blah, blah. No, pretty sure the cars are pretty equal given the day, given the setup. Just depends on the track, the setup. Cool. Max Verstappen without a pole in four races. Could be, yeah, it's four races. To me, that's shocking. And I think they don't talk about it enough because he's considered like the next golden boy of F1, the guy that's supposed to head on the new era along with Charles, along with George. But he's the upper echelon of that class. And he's been getting beat by his teammate lately. And he hasn't got a pole in four races. So I kind of want to throw this out to you guys and hit us up at Title League on Instagram, on Twitter, wherever you guys kind of engage in social media. Even send us an email at info at Title League. We'd love to talk to you fans. Hit us up. Thank you guys for, for whoever's tapped and whoever, whoever's listening. Shout out to Oliver. Appreciate it for hopping on the pod yet again. We had a blast. But back to what I was saying is that maybe the car this year is not developed for Max. Because it's well known that Max likes his car that's a little bit more unstable coming out of corners, but have a little bit more raw speed. But you see how well Checo's performing. And maybe because they've developed the car purely diff- uh, this year and it was kind of in the dark, per se, because they fo- focused on the 2021 battle, maybe the car is more balanced for your average driver. So that's why Checo's putting up an even fight. It'll be interesting to see the development of the car if it swings towards kind of Max's driving style. But you can't now knock Checo. Like, Checo is a legitimate, legitimate championship contender. And that's great. And that's why Red Bull's ahead of Ferrari in the Constructors' Championships because they're letting both drivers drive and purely because 
I think the car is built for both of them. The car works for any driver. It's not like a very Max Verstappen favored car. But they're they're leading the Constructors' Championship. And you know what? When we spoke about the f- last year's championship, I don't think anybody really thought that Red Bull would win because Checo was always sacrificing. He was always making decisions for the team. This year, he's not. I mean, he is, but he's running his own race. And that's why they're so competitive this year. And me specifically, the only person I like at Red Bull is Checo. So I'm so happy for Checo. I'm happy for, not Red Bull, but his success. Because ultimately, I believe he's a championship-level driver in terms of he can squeeze you one. He's going to be like your Kimi Raikkonen. Maybe he gets you two. Who knows? But Checo's been nothing but phenomenal this year so far. And I was... I've always been consistent with the rule that you got to give someone one year behind a team. You got to understand the systems, the car, all that stuff. And Checo has done nothing but excel in his second year. So shout out to Checo. We all know he just locked into 2024. And I think that they may have the best driving pairing on the grid. I still think that Mercedes has a really strong driving pairing, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, Nothing to do with their car performance, but... Red Bull may have the best driving pairing on the grid. I think Ferrari doesn't because, and and I might have thought coming the year they may have one of the strongest, but I don't think they have the strongest anymore because Carlos has just been weak. And compared to Charles, he hasn't really done much. It feels like kind of like Lewis versus Bottas. And shout out to Bottas. Didn't make it into Q3. He barely made it out of Q2, uh, into Q2. He did not have a great weekend. I think Joe got a toe. That's why Joe did so well in, in Q1, but... Didn't look great from Alfa Romero. They put in a new floor, but they only use a new floor as of today. So that's part of it. But interesting to think how that dynamic's going in terms of Joe beating Bottas and they don't have the cost cap or whatever the reasoning was that they didn't put in the new floor for FP1 instead of just FP3. So interesting. But man, shout out to Checo. Shout out to um, Charles Leclerc. They made Baku a lot of fun. And there's a lot of question marks around Max and Carlos, man, because nobody's talking about it. Nobody's talking about Max's kind of mediocre season so far. I expect more out of Max. And no different than when I come on this pod and say I expect more out of Lewis, I expect more out of Max. We're talking about Max Verstappen. We're not talking about no normal normal uh, driver on the grid. We're not talking about Alex Albon. We're talking about a world champion. We're talking about the best driver overall last year in terms of start to finish, A to Z. So Max... I'm hoping to see, just like I asked Charles Leclerc to respond, I'm hoping to see you respond tomorrow. Really, really, really watching you and seeing what you can do tomorrow. So enough about Red Bull and Ferrari. I think we kind of covered them. I do want to get into Mercedes. So let's talk about Mercedes. I'm a Mercedes fan. I think I'm a fan of pretty much every single team except for uh, Red Bull and Aston Martin. Shout out to Lance Stroll. Shout out to Lance Stroll and that Q1 jam. Shout out to Lance Stroll, man. We'll leave it at that. Um, back to Mercedes, though. George Russell, he looked like he was better than Lewis Hamilton today. But I don't think that's the case. I think that just had to do with the towing and the situation how Lewis led this weekend. I will say that he did look more comfortable throughout the weekend, but we saw what Lewis did in Q two when George gave him a toe, which on the flip side is kind of crazy because Joe, uh, George had to give him a toe so he could be safe to get into Q3. That's what it felt like. Now, 
I could be wrong. Don't quote me on it, but I'm 99% sure George was following him for most of the weekend up until Lewis is in danger of not making it into Q3. So I'm not sure what's going on with Lewis. I'm not going to come on here and slander Lewis. Like it's, This is not a Lewis slander pod. This is a Lewis positive pod. But George overall had the better day to me. But at the same time, George was being towed by Lewis most of the time. But he did look a lot more comfortable. Like you saw, there was about a half a second gap on a lot of, um, a lot of laps. Like at least four tenths, three tenths, sometimes five tenths. Um, when you think about Lewis, he had about a, I think it was one tenth when he got the toe. So, yeah, may, maybe George was better even uh, when, uh, with the toe when you kind of break things down. But I'm worried about Mercedes' car, and I know I've come on here because of Barcelona, but. They still don't have their car figured out. And that's worrisome. We're in race 8. By race 10, if their car is not competitive, like you might as well just scrap off this year. And do you go back to the old design? Your old design looked competitive in Barcelona in February. But then you're behind because you haven't developed this car all year. You've been developing, or not developing, but trying to figure out this design. So I'm pretty much confident to write off this year for Mercedes within the next race or two. But... We'll see what their race pace looks like because traditionally their race pace has been really good. But it still doesn't match with Ferrari and Red Bull. But I don't know. I would love to hear from you guys on your thoughts on Mercedes. I don't think their cars figured out. I think they understand it a little bit, but they got a long way to go. And we'll see what they what they do with it. I think it's very encouraging that both drivers are willing to work with each other. Toto has come out and said like, the one shining part of the season is that how both drivers are working together. It's been a great atmosphere towards furthering this car. Now, does that change when the car gets to the top and they're battling for championship? I would assume so, but I think there's respect between both of them to understand, hey, we're going to do this, and if we're going to f- battle it out on uh, between the lines, then it's going to be fair and respectful. And you know what? Sometimes actions will happen, but I'm hoping that they figure it out. Um, in terms of just figuring out this car because don't really like to see George struggle to get to Q3 and well not struggle to get to Q3 but struggle to get into the top three rows and you know it's just a really sad time or confusing time for Mercedes fans and we'll see what they figure out they're still Mercedes I still expect them to figure it out it's just how soon so we'll see the timeline on that a couple of interesting things before we sign out is Obviously, when you speak of Alpine's wing, very interesting design. We'll see how that impacts the rest of the year. Do teams follow? How does that go? It's cool to see. Alonzo holding everybody up. Albon crying on air. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I get why Albon felt like that, but that was hilarious. So we got that. Next, we have Haas. Man, being last. That's why you're at the back of the grid. That's why you got jammed up. Alonzo can hold you up. You guys got to fix it. Um, But it was interesting to hear how they kept talking about how Haas is not spending any money. And they kept talking about the cost cap. Um, Haas has a budget for obviously all these damages that Mick has done to the car. All these accidents. But I think they've probably exceeded that budget. Overall though, I think it was a great qualifying day. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I can't wait to see what happens tomorrow. Baku Race Day always filled with drama. Whether that's Vettel hitting Lewis quote-unquote, maybe Lewis break testing him, Max and Danny when they were on the same team, and obviously last year where, you know, that was drama-filled because 
you know, Max's tower just blew up on the straight. And then Lewis just probably a mistake that will haunt him for the rest of his career. But that's it from me today. It was a little different today. Felt like the pace was a little faster. I apologize if uh, it's not your typical style and that you guys enjoy. But overall, it was fun watching this race. I hope that we get to see another great qualifying like this next uh, next week in Canada. I don't think so. A lot of drifting. But that's it from us, man. Make sure you guys tap in, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. I think Kurt will be with us tomorrow, so we'll talk then. Peace. <laughs>